The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, our show is about choosing love, not power. And we are so thrilled. We have a wonderful guest with us today. We have Tony Campolo, who is a professor Emeritus of Sociology at Eastern University in St. David's, Pennsylvania, and he's previously served for 10 years on the faculty of the University of Pennsylvania, and he was a founder and president, by the way, of the Evangelical Association for the Promotion of Education, and he has worked to create, nurture, and support programs for at-risk children. And he's done this all across North America, and he's helped to establish schools and universities in several developing countries. Dr. Campello is a media commentator on religious, social, and political matters, and he's been a guest on lots of shows, including The Colbert Report, Nightline, Crossfire, Politically Incorrect, The Charlie Rose Show, Larry King Live, CNN, CNN Dayside, CNN News, and MSNBC News, and he has co-hosted his own television series called Hashing It Out on the Odyssey Network and presently hosts Across the Pound, which is a weekly program on the premier Christian radio network in England. He is also a respected and sought-after guest on radio. That's why I got him. And this is all across the country, and he also goes on the radio in New Zealand, in Australia, in the United Kingdom. And what's really exciting and how I found him, and he is the author of 38 books with the latest release in February 2010, which is the one I found, which is called Choose Love, Not Power. He's also had set many other books, and you can see them on our website and he is also an ordained minister, and he's served Baptist churches in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and he's presently recognized as an associate pastor of the Mount Carmel Baptist Church in West Pennsylvania. And you can find out lots more about him at conflicthealing.com, where we have his picture, his bio, this MP3. You'll be able to listen to it, and you can find him and lots more about him at Tony Campolo, that's T-O-N-Y-C-A-M-P-O-L-O dot org. So we're thrilled to have you join us. Thank you so much, Tony, for joining us. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, I really love this book. And, I, and you know, I, when we're talking about conflict healing, there are so many people that address conflict. We have religious people. We have attorneys. 
We have social workers. There are many people that address the issues from many different perspectives because conflict is inevitable in our lives. So let's talk about, just for a minute, what the definition that you have for love so that we understand what do you mean, love, not power. So so what is the definition of love from your perspective? Well, that is a really hard question. I could define power easier than I can define love. Uh, love, I, I think, has a uh, variety of dimensions to it. As a matter of fact, it's so complex that uh, if all the books were written, they could be written on love, it wouldn't be able to be put into a single library. Right. <laughs> let, let me just say that if I was uh, required to uh, really say what is love, it's an empathetic caring for uh, another person uh, to such an extent that the other person becomes more important than yourself. Uh, that uh, love is not just an emotion. It's something that you do. Uh, All through the uh, New Testament, for instance, since I'm a religious guy, uh, Jesus always talks about love as as though it was a verb. Thou shalt love the neighbor as yourself. Love is something you do. Love your neighbor. Love your enemies. Love those who persecute you. Uh, Love is something you do. So in, in that sense, it's doing for the other person what you would want done do you buy that other person? Right. And there's various types of love. There's there's love of your children. There's love of friends. There's yeah. love of your husband or wife. So there are various types, but, it yeah, all, and, but they all fall know, under that umbrella of really caring for that other person. You know, when you say that, uh, the English language is really very, very poverty-stricken when it comes to talking about love. Uh, the Greeks have at least uh, f- four words for love. Uh, uh, three of them are well-known. Uh, eros, from whence we get the word erotic, uh, that's one kind of love. Uh, rom- that's very romantic kind of stuff. Right. And then there's uh, philos, from whence we get the word Philadelphia, my city. <laughs> you know, uh, philos, this is a kind of uh, love that grows up between people who are committed to the same goals and aspirations in life as soldiers on the battlefield. For instance, develop philos. They become very close to each other because they see themselves dependent on one another as they pursue a common goal. Right, camaraderie. Then then there's the ultimate kind of love, which is called agape love, which is kind of a a very, very spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the kind of love that we find in a St. Francis of Assisi or in a Mother Teresa. Uh, It's the kind of love which uh, is expressing the kind of concern that we would find in a Jesus. Right. It's really God working through us. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. So now let's talk about what is power. Power, and here I'm operating out of a sociological background, power always carries with it the capacity to coerce. You don't have to use that capacity. But the very fact that you can coerce the other person, and the other person knows it, that gives you power. Uh, so when the cop pulls me over to the side of the road with the red lights flashing on top of his car... And that would I'm, never happen to you, though. <laughs> <laughs> I may not want to pull over. As a matter of fact, I don't want to pull over. Right. But I do because he's got power. He doesn't. It's called a gun. <laughs> <laughs> right. He doesn't have to pull it. I know it's there. Right. The ability to coerce indicates power. Uh, whether that ability or that capacity to his exercise is secondary. The fact that the one individual knows the other individual has it 
means that there will be obedience because one feels he has to obey even if he doesn't want to or she doesn't want to. And, you know, when I read your book, and I, and I found it interesting because you talk about the difference between power and authority that we're going to talk about in a minute, but from my perspective, you know, coming from from being a, an attorney mediator, one who wants to empower her clients to make good decisions about resolution for settlement, that's, that's what I do. I empower them with tools on how to... Uh, not to overpower, but how to persuade, how to influence. So, so my definition of empowerment and pow- giving power or helping my clients to attain power is for them to not destroy, you know, not negative power, but the power to use their intellect and their caring to influence in a very positive way so that the other person wants to work with them and wants to settle with them. So I just yeah, thought as, it was as interesting. As you talk, I, I realize that, you know, that it was very important for me in this book to be very specific as to what sociologists talk about when they talk about power. Right. And I use Max Weber in his book, The Social and Economic Organization, a classic in our field, to say it carries with it a capacity to coerce. Right. Now, when you talk about empowering people, I don't know that... Uh, that's a good word for me. Right, for you, right. it's very good. For me, in my line, I would say, no, I want this person to have such a positive self-concept right. that when that person speaks, that person speaks with self-assurance right. and, and to use something else, which I do use in the book, to speak with authority. Right, right. And that's what I thought was so interesting because we come from different backgrounds and come from different perspectives. And and I was thinking about like when you said, when I asked you about the word love and you said, oh my gosh, there's so many definitions. It would take oodles and oodles of books. And I think to some extent power as well. And and from and that's why I thought it was interesting. I don't think that you're wrong or anything like that. I think it's I think it was very helpful to see how you defined it. And when I think about it from my perspective, it it is it is somewhat similar. And it's almost like, well, they have the authority to be confident, to to um, to have the skills to persuade if possible, and help the other party to express themselves so that their needs are met as well. Because in in what I do as mediators, I want the parties to both get their needs met. And, And so both of them really need to feel comfortable that they have the authority to talk about that. So, yeah, but so. Uh, what you don't do, and I'm sure you don't, is say, uh, well, this person's needs are so important that uh, he or she has the right to impose on the partner uh, the solution to the problem. Exactly. Uh, you're, 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 when you begin to play that kind of game, one of the things that I point out in the book yeah is that uh, so much of what goes wrong in marriages yes. has to do with people being on power trips. Right. Uh, you'll hear, and I'm sure you've, as, a, as somebody in your business, have dealt with people who say, I can't go in in this marriage. My husband is so controlling. Yes. Yeah, I, so control. I just can't handle this. Right. Uh, I, I feel like I don't, I don't have any say or any will of my own. I feel like he wants to control me. Right. Um, and, and, you know, you say, well, there you go. Um, the, the thing I point out in the book is a very interesting observation of one of the great American sociologists, Willard Waller, that love and power, in a sense, um, stand opposed to each other. 
that love makes you vulnerable. And uh, the more you love, the more vulnerable you become. Uh, so in any relationship, whoever is the most vulnerable has the least power. Uh, and that is important. And so in marriage, what I want is not the woman to be vulnerable and the man to be Tarzan. Right. What I want is that both parties become vulnerable. Yes. That both, in fact, uh, stop playing power games and each seek. I love Jesus and I love the uh, words of the Apostle Paul. Uh, be subject one to another in love. That's an interesting word. Yes. Be subject one to another. Uh, sometimes my feminist friends get very, very upset and say, uh, well, are you really suggesting that women should be subject, subject to their husbands? Yes, as long as he is willing to be subject to her. Right. Then you've got Mutual this equally. submission yeah. is a very, very good marriage. Yes. Uh, when people start playing power games, each trying to assert uh, himself or herself against the other, that's when you run into difficulty. Right, right. And, and both being able to say what's in their heart without being judged or put down by the other. Yeah, and know? the other person is not, it won't judge if that person is not playing power games. Judges are powerful people. Right. The minute you give up the playing the power game, you give up playing the judging game. Right. And that's why Jesus says, judge not that you be not judged. Exactly. Uh, basically, uh, judging another person means that you're more powerful than the other person and have the right to judge. Uh, and we often get, in your work, you often have a husband and wife going at each other, and you'll hear one of them say, what right have you got to judge me, do you see? Right, right. And the person and is saying, causes... wait a minute, you've gone too far. Yeah. Who are you to dominate me in this matter, and that your will is greater uh, and has a right to be exercised over my will? Yes, and I know in that chapter, I found that very interesting. It was one of your first chapters where you talk about the husband-wife relationship. And I do divorce mediation, but I also do employment mediation and business mediation. And there's always one who has some power over the other. So it's it's something that they come in, and I have to kind of balance the teeter-totter and help to empower both sides to, and, and I know you or help both sides to have the authority, as you will call it, and we'll talk about that in a second, to be able to hold their own. I have one going on right this moment that um, one spouse is saying, you know what, I just want this over with. I, he's so controlling. I just can't take it. I'll, you know, I'm ready to cave on everything just to get out of this thing. And that is so disempowering and so, you know, it, it's so sad. And this is what's a, a real problem in a lot of marriages is that people sure. are not able to really have that authority that you're talking about to say, look, this is my needs. I'm not comfortable if we're going to continue, there's there's going to have to be some, you know, new creation of of you know boundaries with, between us that that are fair to both of us. So yeah, let's go on to the word authority. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. So let's talk about the difference between power and authority that you explain. My mother, for instance, had great authority. Uh, she had no power. She was a little Italian lady. I could have kicked her down the steps. <laughs> yeah, I remember you talking about that in the but, book. But uh, when she spoke, I obeyed. Uh, and I obeyed for a good reason. She spoke with authority, and the way she got authority was by lovingly sacrificing for me over the years. And my point would be simply this. Authority is built on that basis. It's built on sacrificial love towards the other person. Uh, and uh, if you 
if you live out sacrificial love, let me just say this, you can get hurt and hurt bad. That's why I said earlier, love always makes a person vulnerable. It does. I mean, if there's anything that Jesus made clear, is you love people, they can end up crucifying you. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the risk that you have to take. Love is a risky business. As a matter of fact, you and your business undoubtedly meet people uh, who are married, and you say, you know, I'm not sure that this man really loves me or this woman really loves me. And the reason is that that person has probably been hurt so many times that that person doesn't want to take the risk. Mm-hmm. And because they know, uh, people know that when you love, you put yourself in a position where you can be hurt. It's a risky thing to love, but the alternative is lovelessness. You know, I often thought about um, l- renaming this book. I like the you know the the publisher always gives the names to the books, right. but, but I, I think I would have named it in retrospect: yeah. powerless love versus loveless power. Oh, see, that's the title I think I would have liked. Yeah, that's uh, a good loveless one. Loveless power. Well, that'll be the versus next book. Powerless love. <laughs> well, that'll be your next book. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love it because you have like this real this uh, these uh, in the middle of it. It kind of looks thorny, you know this this thorn that you look like you don't want to touch you know that that but from my perspective you know love and and you talked about love love is is really allowing yourself to understand the other side again coming from the mediator perspective i'm thinking when you love someone you love them enough to really understand what they say mm-hmm. really put yourself in in a way that you can understand them and when you do understand them then that gives them power and you power, which is what you call authority, yeah. which, which, you know, so it's, I, I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah, I don't use the word power because using my definition, and I'm right, underlying right. my definition coming from Max Faber, it always carries with it a coercive quality. Right. And you don't want people coercing each other. No. You want them, in fact, coming to a sense of their own self-worth. That's a very important phrase. Yes, your own self-worth, so that you, when you speak, you know you're worth something, and you treat the other person as, have, as being worth something, and because of that mutuality, yes. you can work towards resolution. Exactly. And, and even from, and, it, and it's wonderful to be speaking, you know, with a pastor, with someone who is religiously trained, and I'm, I'm very spiritual, and I just think about it, that when, that God gives us that authority god gives us that power that our source is really god and so we don't have to give that that authority away to anybody you know, you know since you brought up the bible thing uh i quote in the book mm-hmm. uh, i think a crucial passage concerning jesus uh that even the non-christian uh, would say that that that's important for me to hear and uh, uh it's in the book of philippians uh the church at philippi and paul wrote the book of Philippians, to the Philippian people, uh, because they were having a trouble. They were having trouble in their church. And two women were in conflict, your thing. Their names were Iodia and Syntyche. And uh, they, had, they had both organized uh, the church into power blocks, and they were at each other. How many churches do you know that have split because one person organizes one group and the other person has another group, and they're going at each other, and finally they say, well, we just can't. Churches split 
time and time again. And it's usually over power. They usually say it's theology or it's this belief. It's, it's usually over power. But the, the thing that I really you know, want to communicate is that uh, in, in this process of, of conflict, we, we really have to say what, what happened. And Paul writes to these two women and says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. Yep. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He had all this power. He emptied himself. The word is kenosis in the Greek. And took upon himself the form of a servant and made himself of no reputation and humbled himself. Oh, what we need is self-assured people who know how to be humble. Incidentally, the only humble people I know are people who know who they are and can afford to be humble. Those who are insecure will never, ever be humble. You know insecure people. They brag. Uh, you know, they, they're pushing, they're trying to throw their weight around. Right. And you say, my, this person has a problem. This person's insecure. The more comfortable you are with yourself, the more you can be humble. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying to these two women. Can you not be humble towards each other? Humility is a wonderful virtue, but it's a virtue that only belongs to those who are assured of themselves. I, I love that verse that everybody knows, whether you're a Christian, secularist, etc., where Jesus says, this is the great commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Did you get that last yeah, phrase? Yeah. Love yourself. And the implication is certain. If you can't love yourself right. and you treat your neighbor the same way, your neighbor's in trouble. Exactly. And so uh, we're not putting down, we're not, we're not saying get down and grovel in the dust. We're saying love yourself. Love yourself enough so that you know how precious a person you are, that you know your worth. And then you can enter in negotiations, not from a position of humiliation. No, right. there's a big difference between humiliation and humility. Right. Humility is chosen. Humiliation is something you have to endure from a powerful person. Right. Exactly. We are speaking with Tony Campolo, who is a professor emeritus of sociology at Eastern University in St. David's, Pennsylvania. And he is also an ordained minister. And he is the author of this book I have sitting right here that I really enjoyed. And it's called Choose Love, Not Power. How to Right the, wrong, the World's Wrongs from a Place of Weakness. So that leads me to this question. Um, why is the healing tool of love considered weak? I don't know, uh, except that it's the nature of people to strive for power. I think that, I think that Frederick Nietzsche, and I mention him in this book because right. he's very prominent, right. he said that the basic drive of the human personality is what he called the will to power, the will to control. We are all control freaks. Mm -hmm. it, that's what he saw, and he, he thought that was wonderful. You see, he thought that was a good thing. The will to power. As a matter of fact, he thought that uh, Jesus uh, was the enemy of humanity because Jesus was constantly talking about living out love, and it would be better if people uh, did the Ayn Rand thing, you know, and played the power game. Uh, and, and so you basically have, uh, you know, this, this emphasis by Nietzsche on the will to power. He points out that you know, 
most of what goes on in the name of sex, for instance, has nothing to do with sex at all. For instance, rape is not a sexual act. No, it's a, it's an empower it's power. It, it's it, power. Yeah. Right. The individual gets his jollies and it's usually a he that does the raping. Right. He gets his he gets his excitement not out of a sexual orgasm, right. but out of humiliating the other person. It's forcing yourself on the making the other person submit. Dom- domination. Yes, so that people who have very low self Concepts, people who don't think that they are worth anything at all. They're the people that are most dangerous. They're the people that will rape other people because they feel that the only way they can exercise themselves in a way that gives them any worth is to force somebody else to submit. That's power, and it's destructive. And there are married people that they carry on rape. Uh, uh, a husband can rape his wife. I mean, you say, well, they're married. They can't. Legally, I guess you got a point. But in reality, there are all kinds of women who say, after having sex with my husband, I feel like I've been raped. I've got to get out of this relationship. Yeah. Well, you can have marital rape, as a matter of fact. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I- it, it, these, are, uh, these are important things. And, you know, when you deal with the power thing, think about parents' relationship with their children. I mean, you and I have both watched... Uh, children, as they uh, get to be five or six years of age, the first thing that they want to do is assert themselves against their parents. And how parents handle that is crucial. If you come down too hard, you can, you can destroy that kid's sense of self-confidence. If you come down too easy, you're enabling. You, yeah. you, you can make that kid into a tyrant. Right. Uh, you have been in department stores, and you have seen kids tyrannize their parents. Yes. Uh, they, the parents don't know how to handle the power play of the child. And learning how to handle power in the context of love. I want my children to obey me, not because they're afraid of what I might do to them if they disobey. I want them to obey me because they love me and because yes. they know I love them. And I I'm sometimes I'm on a a bus, or I'm in a public place, and I'll see some mother screaming at a kid saying, you keep that up, I'm going to wallop the daylights out of you. It's always the threat of power. What a terrible way for a child to, and and of course the mother can do it. The mother's bigger and stronger. Uh, But to play the power game shows that you have lost the battle with the child. Yes. And and I love the way you talked about your mom, this little tiny Italian woman that she had, she had authority because she had, you knew that she loved you. She showed you that she loved you. And she also engendered respect, not by, uh, you know, hurting you or threatening you, but by loving you. I'm glad you used the word respect. I didn't use it enough in the book, but you can't respect others unless you respect yourself. Exactly. Once again, we're driving to this. Thus, Jesus had it down right. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, you're in very serious trouble. If there's anything that true spirituality does, since you said you were a spiritual person, uh, what true spirituality does is it gets you to love yourself in a way that is not destructive. I mean, egoism... Uh, self-centeredness is a destructive form of self-love. 
Yep. And but, you know what? We are just about out of time. So with that, I think everybody's going to want to read your book called oh, Choose, glad. Choose Love, <laughs> Not Power. It was so much fun talking to you. And you know you. what? This show comes to an end because when it's all said and done, you can turn me off because you've <laughs> got the power to do so. Yes, Thank but you I'm for doing... having me on your show. But, but, I love you, dear friend. But it isn't about power. It's it's about love that I need to make sure everybody gets to hear all of the other loving shows on, on this network. So thank you so much, Tony. You're wonderful. And we'll have you back again for the next book, okay? Okay, friend. Okay, take Hang care. Hang in there. Bye-bye Bye. now. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every week at KUCI.org and also visit our website at conflicthealing.com. See our upcoming guests, listen to archived interviews, see where all the great guests that we've had, see their bios and all the wonderful things and write to us about what kinds of conflict you're having in your life and we'd love to help you. All right. Thank you very much. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.